0: Hi, I'm James Davison, driver in the NASCAR Cup Series. You're listening to The Podium.
1: This is The Podium where we celebrate the best from the world of motorsport. And we're joined right now with an Australian that has been racing in America for a number of years. He has made six appearances at the Indianapolis 500 and currently drives in the NASCAR Cup Series. I, of course, speak of James Davis, and James, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. Yeah, thank you. Now, James, before we get into the NASCAR Cup Series, when we had you on the show in 2020, you were about to compete in the Indianapolis 500 for the sixth time. Talk about what it was like competing at such a prestigious event with no fans and very limited preparation.
0: Yeah, obviously it was a very unprecedented Indy 500 uh, with no fans being run in August. We all know why. And we all had to just get on with it. So for sure, it really set in when we were getting in the car on the grid on race day. And it was just ghost town when it's the biggest single-day sporting event in the world. Uh when it's run in its normal circumstances. So that made it interesting, but obviously you get in your car and then you just focus on the race um, and your eyes are on, you know, the next millisecond constantly. But I had uh, obviously a a heartbreak there where we had a pinch brake line, um, stick the brakes on and the front brake disc overheated and exploded the rim and I was out of the race on lap three or four. Never got a chance to, yeah, go racing. So that was pretty damn tough to swallow, but obviously it is racing and you've just got to roll with the punches.
1: Well, yeah, one of the other different experiences for you would have been driving with the aero screen protection. Tell me, what was it like driving with aero screen?
0: Yeah, it was actually very seamless. I didn't notice that it was on the car the moment we got up to speed. The cooling was very good as you have a little inlet go into a hose that goes um, on the top of your helmet and force the air in. And the cooling was actually even better uh, on the super speedway than having an open cockpit, I found. Um, it, It made the car handle a bit different, definitely, the center of gravity was increased, and it it made the loads on the right front tire higher, so it was tougher to pass, tougher to look after the right front tire didn't make the racing as good uh but you know you just had to do the best with it. It seemed like it increased the steering weight as well for sure um again with the center of gravity and then all the lateral G's that are on you. I'm not sure what they are exactly, but maybe 4G. So yeah, there was a little bit of a change. The biggest change I felt was to the handling rather than visual. The The visual aspect was just perfect. There was no distortion and, and the cooling was great.
1: Well, that's really good to hear. And you know, you've made a bit of a career change as well this year focusing more attention on the Cup Series. Before we talk about the Cup Series, talk about that decision to step away from IndyCar.
0: Yeah, so an opportunity was forthcoming for me to get a start in NASCAR's Cup Series and go racing on ovals. I'd driven in the Xfinity Series, uh, had the opportunity to drive for Joe Gibbs and fight to win some races. Um, But then I had my first opportunity to race ovals in the Cup Series with no practice and qualifying on tracks that I'd never been to before so it was pretty extreme but that was the opportunity I had and I just needed to roll with it, um, gain as much experience as I could Um, and uh, yeah, within our small team situation, it's gone well. Um, You know, our team is one-tenth of the size of the top team the the budget is maybe under five million a year with the top team spending 30 so at some tracks where three to four seconds a lap off the pace it's incredible it's the biggest uh, performance disparity in world motorsport that i've seen but again it's the opportunity I had and you just focus on doing the best with your team against the other small little teams at the back. Um, And uh, the new car, the next generation car, the Gen 7 car, uh, is uh, actually going to be released tomorrow here in the States um, and race next year in 2022. So the, the goal is to gain as much experience as I can and then put it into play when there's an opportunity to, you know, compete against uh, hopefully at least half to two-thirds of the field when there's some proper parity there like V8 supercars where the whole field's within, let's say, a second. In NASCAR, the whole field can be within four to five seconds. So it's just a different kettle of fish, but something that they're getting on top of, thankfully.
1: Well, yeah, well, you mentioned there, you know, having to go to racetracks that you'd never been to before and very limited preparation, no practice, no qualifying. You just start and the first time you see the track is when you're seeing that green flag for the first time to start the race. Tell me, what are the nerves like having to put yourself into that position?
0: Yeah, well, I've been fortunate to gain a lot of experience with all the different... Forms of racing i've done in indycar in gt racing running in the NASCAR xfinity series on on um, road courses if it's you know driving a porsche carrera cup car there at the australian grand prix and you, you gain a lot of knowledge and experience out of it so having driven in some big races before having big responsibilities at the Indy 500 or the 12 hours of Sebring, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, you you're able to basically just cancel out all of the hype and just focus on driving another race car in a different discipline and then just building up to it. And um, honestly, it, it, it wasn't, uh, that intimidating for me maybe from the outset it looked like it but I just focused on what I could control and and work my way into it and um, use my experience in my head so uh, thankfully those first 15 races went well last year that then I've got the team's confidence and that put me in just some marginally better equipment again we're still battling for you know 32nd place instead of 34th but just making some, some baby steps in the right direction this year. We've scored the team's best road course result with a 23rd at Daytona. And then the team's best short track result with a 22nd at Martinsville. So, yeah, just doing the best within the situation and, and loving it. Honestly, I, I'm enjoying it more than IndyCar. Being a part of the Cup Series, the big grand show here in, in America is, is special. Um, and, uh, you know, more and more road courses are being added. There's seven on the calendar this year. In the past, there's been three. There's talk about a street circuit being added uh, for 2022, uh, along with that new car and all the parodies. So I just feel it's a really good time to be here. As ever, you need to have the backing behind you, the climate change, just as it has in V8 supercars or IndyCar, where you have to come with some sponsorship behind you and i've been able to uh gain a bit of that here in in the state just over the years and and running in the 500s huge for you to kind of you know just get yourself out there especially if you get to drive a fast car and you can run up front um like 2017 for me so yeah it's just a bit of like a a, a jigsaw puzzle that i'm i'm giving it a go Within the situation, it's going well and just making baby steps in the right direction.
1: Well, yeah, over the past year, you've managed to race on some iconic American tracks like Daytona, Darlington, Talladega. Tell me, what's it like racing on these tracks that you would have grown up with watching as a kid?
0: Yeah, special. So I went to the Talladega 500 in 2002 with my dad and my brother just on a family holiday. Went to Dover in 99, um, and obviously there's many iconic classic races in NASCAR, aside from the Daytona 500 with Bristol, the Southern 500 at Darlington, Talladega 500, um, and, yeah, driving in those races last year, I could never have imagined that I would. But it's it's awesome. It's, it's Like I said, it's really special being able to drive in the big grand shows here in the States that is the Cup Series.
1: And you mentioned there a lot of changes in the NASCAR world over the past few seasons. One of the ones that's been pretty controversial with some traditional fans of the sport has been stage racing. What do you think of stage racing and how do you approach stage racing?
0: Yeah, so I got a little bit of experience with it when I ran the Xfinity races uh, on the road courses. And I'm fine with it, really. It promotes racing throughout the race. Um, it gives you a little bit of an opportunity and the pit stops to tune your car. Um, the fans are going to be entertained more so rather than everyone just circulating and waiting until the last 10 or 20% of the race to go for it. So obviously the whole climate of world motorsport has changed where a lot of, just everyday people have so much more choice for entertainment these days, and the numbers have dropped off. With that said, you know, obviously NASCAR and Formula One are still huge, but to just try and um, make it interesting again, they needed to change some things up. So, kind of putting in a bit of like a quarter or half time kind of thing, like a ball sport, I guess, was their idea there. Um, and they've promoted obviously the diversity in there with with Bubba Wallace, African American, and Daniel Suarez, Hispanic driver, along with the owners Michael Jordan and Pitbull. So they're just doing a lot of cool things. Again, the road courses, and it's just so the place to be. And uh, raising sponsorship is is easier than IndyCar when the television ratings are four to eight times the size.
1: What sort of investment is involved in IndyCar compared to, say, NASCAR?
0: So, again, to to run at the very front in NASCAR, some of the teams are spending 30 a year where a top IndyCar team may spend seven or eight. But where um, the teams get some help, is with the charter system, which is basically the the American word for the wreck, the racing entitlement contract that the V8 Supercar teams have. So there's 36 charters that are owned by Cup Series owners, and each charter is paid a chunk of the television money from Fox and NBC, and that's where it makes it financially possible for these small teams like my team, Rick Ware Racing, to go racing at a, you know, a very affordable amount. So, um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a cool system that they have in place there.
1: And one of the cool little things that you managed to do, just recently, was to inject some Australian flavour into the NASCAR Cup Series because Darlington, of course, they run iconic liveries. Talk about the iconic livery that you ran for that race.
0: Yeah, so obviously Dick Johnson had a NASCAR endeavour in 89 and 90 and I think he did four races each of those years and just looking at the throwback retro weekend, um, thinking what would be appropriate to run and knowing that Dick raced, um, my cousin Will drives the iconic seventeen car for DJR, it just seemed very fitting. So I've chosen to run Dick Johnson's uh red and grey or silver paint scheme from 31, 32 years ago.
1: Very cool. And we talk about Dick Johnson Racing. One of the drivers from Dick Johnson Racing in 2020 was Scotty McLaughlin. He's gone over to IndyCar now. What have you made of his impressive start so far?
0: Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. Obviously, he's a special talent um, combined with having the ultimate opportunity driving for Penske and then there's your result and really he's nearly in a way a different version of like a Lewis Hamilton where you have a special talent with the ultimate opportunity and the results and success is just amazing so really that's the way that the sport should work obviously you've got to have a lot of funding behind you to get in that place uh, in that position in the first place but He deserves every bit of it. He's talented. He works hard. He's with the right team. And it's just a matter of time before he wins an IndyCar race and can potentially win a championship, a 500. For sure, he can win a 500. At the Indy 500, it's 99% about your car. I know that from personal experience, driving some really fast ones, being up front or some terrible ones being right down the rear. Um, so, yeah, I think it you know, just won't surprise me if he wins the race this year and even the Indy 500 is not out of the question.
1: Really? Really? That's a very bold statement. You reckon he can win the Indy 500 on his first attempt?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, drivers have done it before that have been in the right equipment. If it's Juan Montoya or Elio Casper-Neves driving for Team Penske, So, obviously, Scott's driving for that team. Um, We've seen that you don't necessarily have to be the fastest car to win it. If you just circulate, run well, no mistakes in the pit, drive the first 150 laps, set yourself up for the last 50, and maybe a little bit of fuel strategy involved, like Alexander Rossi in 2016, you can win that race many different ways. So when you're with Penske, you've got a head start on everyone. Your car speed's going to be there. Your pit crew's going to be quick. Um, and you, you're going to be up front. So, yeah, really, it's it's not out of the question.
1: There you go. Well, one I want to get your point on is Jimmy Johnson. So the seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, he's, of course, moved over to IndyCar this year. And it's been quite a tough opening few races for him. He's doing kind of the opposite that you're doing over there, James, by IndyCar to NASCAR. What have you made of Jimmy Johnson's performances so far and what do you think race fans should be expecting from him this season in IndyCar?
0: Well, I think we all had a bit of a preview looking at the pre-season testing times that he was finding it challenging to be on the pace. And he's done a lot of testing. Um... And you know, he's struggling to get on the pace there within two seconds of the pace. Um he had a tough weekend there at Barber where he he spun and then at Saint Pete I think he spun twice and went off another time. But I mean, good on him for giving it a go when he's forty five years of age. Um you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't wouldn't do it or be a bit too worried to put their reputation on the line, but he's giving it a go. He's a very likable guy. I've spoken to him in you know, in in NASCAR last year. Um and uh yeah, he's you know, he's he's got his work cut out for him, that's for sure. I, I hope that he can get on top of it, but you know, the odds are that it's gonna be a really tough task at his age and as he said i mean it's just such a different world driving an IndyCar. car it's so anaerobic and every tense that you go faster your heart rate goes up and you get less rest between each corner and you know the car's more on the edge and um it's it's tough you know when you're a 45 year old man without you know a whole lot of reason to, to risk a whole lot Against the you know 20 21 year old kids like Colton Herter or Pato Ward, um, it's it's you know it's tough, but good on him for giving it a go.
1: Well, James, you're one of many Australians competing overseas in some of these premier categories. I have to ask you, what do you think about the pathway to IndyCar and Formula One for people in Australia? Of course, now in recent years, we've seen S5000 be developed, you've actually come and tried to complete a race weekend. Unfortunately, it was affected by COVID at the Grand Prix a year ago. Talk about the pathway up to Formula One and IndyCar for these Australians.
0: Yeah, so obviously the Road to Indy ladder system has been formed and then Formula One has copied that name and called it Road to F1. And it just makes sense that you've got F4, F3, F2, F1, and then in uh, IndyCar's term, you've got, USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, Indy Light. So they're basically all the series that I did. Um, and it unquestionably gets you prepared very well for IndyCar. Uh, Paddle Award, Colton Herder have in recent times come out of the road to Indy. We've got a couple of Aussies and Kiwis in there at the moment the biggest thing though as ever is the funding behind you you've got to have the funding you've got to have the funding to be with the right teams and then even when you win the Indy Lights Championship you've got to have a couple of million behind you to end up in IndyCar Um, and and that's the limiting factor for 99% of people that Endeavour was certainly my limiting factor to ever getting a proper start in IndyCar and doing a couple of seasons to have a legit chance of a career but that system ladder system is there you do your best with what financial resources you've got and just network and see what you can put together and um you know if you don't end up running full-time in indycar but you can start in the indy 500 and get some some backers behind you that's the next best thing
1: Well, yeah, you mentioned some of the limitations there in terms of funding when it comes to getting to that pinnacle, Formula One or IndyCar. You still see plenty of pay drivers in those categories. What do you think needs to be changed to try and make it a bit easier for people that don't have the funding behind them?
0: Look, it's an element of motorsport that has always existed and it's, it's gotten harder than it was 20 years ago, obviously, because, uh, there's a lot more choice for entertainment these days. Um, there's not as many eyeballs on on racing, so obviously then the manufacturers are going to spend their money on on other forms of of advertising, the sponsors, the tobacco ban that changed it massively. Um, so at the end of the day, it's always going to be a very expensive sport or business, and um, you know, tough to secure the sponsors, so I think it's always going to be tough. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And and you know, you you, you try your luck and you see how far you can go. And um, you know, you just got to be grateful for how much opportunity you got or how far you got with what resources you had. So yeah, that's that's it. You can just only do your best.
1: Yeah. Well. Over the years, you've driven plenty of different cars. You know, you've driven in the IMSA series, you've done IndyCar, NASCAR. One of the championships that would surprise many that you haven't competed in is the Supercar Championship. You've got your two cousins that have driven a lot in the Championship Series. However, you haven't yet. Is that something that you want to do further down the track? Maybe a race at Bathurst or something?
0: Yeah, for sure. That would be amazing to, you know, a bucket list to do another iconic event like the Bathurst one thousand. But as we know, the, the landscape's changed there since the mid two thousands when, you know, you had Ambrose and Courtney and my cousin Will Davison come back from overseas and just go straight into the main series. And these days you've got to go through the dev series. You've got to have funding behind you to make that happen. Um, you know, the 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 teams half the teams need funding. And as a result, I would kind of need to start from scratch in a way. Um, So that's why I just focused on America, where I had come over here since I was 18, specifically developed my skill set to this part of the world, driving on ovals and these street courses and road courses over here. But if there comes a time later in my career maybe if I'm able to go further in NASCAR and build a more consistent profile at an elite level rather than just the sporadic one coming and doing the Indy 500 once a year, you know, it's not enough. Um, You know, maybe there's an opportunity there in the future. So we'll see.
1: For sure. And what are the goals for season 2021 and what's on the horizon? How many more races are you going to be doing in the Cup Series? So
0: I've got a total of 20 six races, and I've done six so far. The goal really is just to continue what I'm doing, um, learning, executing some good races. Like I said, we've had our best road course and short track results for the team ever. So that's that's obviously great, especially when there's no <laughs> practice in qualifying. Um, and uh, also they have an racing series, believe it or not. Uh, they're every two or three weeks broadcasted live on Fox Sports 1. So you have all 40 Cup drivers driving equal performance cars. Um, we've had two of those races so far and been fortunate to to lead them and fight right up front. So we have the next one at Darlington tomorrow night on Fox Sports 1 here. I'll be running the Dick Johnson scheme on, on that virtual race and yeah just making the most of that because um again although it's a simulation race it's an opportunity to be able to show something when in the real car you know we're so underfunded that we're three to four seconds a lap off on some road courses so no matter how well you drive you just can't shine but in this arena you can so yeah making the most of those races and the real races um that's it and You know, it'll be what it'll be at the end of it.
1: Definitely. Well, James Davison, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show again and all the very best of luck for the remaining races in the NASCAR Cup Series.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.